Live from the studios of KTAR News 92.3 FM, it's the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show with Brian Whitfield. Everything you need to know to grow. Call Brian with your questions at 602-277-5827. That's 602-277-5827. The Whitfield Nursery Garden Show, now on KTAR News 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Well, good morning, y'all. Happy Sunday. Now, you can't blame Troy for the weather. Just because he brought us that forecast, it's going to be like probably the worst I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> you can't blame Troy. He's a really good guy. And we are looking at these beautiful studios here, and, and we have a great air conditioner working here in Sunny Slope. And uh, the mountains are getting a little, you know, a little cooked out there. And maybe your plants are at home as well, but... Whatever your dreams, your passions, your garden, if your plants are burning up, give us a call. If you have a way to protect them, something special you're doing, we'd love to hear from you, too. And, yes, it's hot out there. And it's it's hot in a lot of places, not just here in Arizona, but it's definitely going to be hot out there this week. And so we want to uh, maybe take some time to irrigate things we normally wouldn't, especially in light of our present forecast. So we could talk about doing that. We could talk about uh, what you could still plant this time of year. Um, and we could talk about the fact that Whitfield Nurseries actually is going to be closed today. It's it's a little hot out there, and uh, we gave our employees, friends and family, all a, a day off. Well, not all, but some of us have to water and maintain things. But, you know, for many of us, we're going to have a day off. So that's going to be a little different. Anyway, whatever your dreams, give us a call here. We're here with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show every Sunday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM KTR. We have the lovely Shira here on Phones and Music. She's back here smiling. All you have to do is give her a call. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. We could talk about the landscape, your dreams, your nightmares, what to grow, how to grow it, why to grow it, why not to grow it, and uh, how to manage and use water most efficiently. Very big part of our uh, our world here in the desert. Actually, our planet everywhere, but especially here in the desert. So we start off with pretty open phones. We end the program. Sometimes it's a little tricky getting in. So if you'd like to be after Jeff and Tempe, all you have to do is call Shira at 602-277-5827. Good morning, Jeff and Tempe. Good morning, Brian. Thanks for taking my call. I have uh, put in several new plants in uh, my front yard. It's a gravel landscape. And in order to kind of get them going, I've been watering them. They have two-gallon-an-hour drip heads on them. And I've been watering them uh, daily for about two weeks. And my little my little Johns, that right? The little mm-hmm. bottle John bottles, yep. Yes, sir. They are looking awful. And I'm, I'm wondering if I'm giving them too much water. No, Jeff, I doubt it. So you just planted them two weeks ago? Yeah, about two weeks ago. Okay, did you water them in with a hose first to really saturate the soil around them? I sure did, and I put a I put some good uh, some good uh, mulch or planting mulch in with them as well. Okay, you blended that with your soil. I did. Okay, so that that all sounds fine. You know, it's just hot. You know, when plants okay. come from a nursery, that's why we're close today. You know, plants come from a nursery that we're hanging out with all their buddies. You know, the, the ambient humidity is going to be much higher. You know, they're going to have more moisture. We're we'll watering them every day with a hose and the containers pretty much this time of year. And so, you know, we're, we're doing the best we can to keep them happy, too. But, you know, in that kind of environment, they're shading and protecting each other and hanging out with their friends. And then we take them out and plant them into a landscape and it's 115 degrees and space them out. You know, everything is much drier. And I would definitely 
you know, err on the side of, of wet, you know, this time of year, especially with the, with the forecast we have right now. Two gallons is probably ideal. So if you're giving them two gallons a day, I don't think you're going to hurt them or overwater them. And I don't know what you could do much that would be any better than that for right now. So I'm thinking about just kind of pulling them out and uh, grabbing two more. They're not obviously terribly expensive. And uh, seeing that maybe that works. I, well, I, Jeff, I what, I, what I would do is I would hold off on that. Okay. So okay. I, I will leave those other ones in. You know, one of these days, this heat's going to break. We're going to have a little monsoon. Leave them in for at yeah. least two weeks after that and see if they don't just pop and rebud. Okay. okay. It, I appreciate it, you. Thanks, Brian. It, it may be that they're dead, but they may come back as well. Have a good Have a good Sunday. Bye-bye. All right. Take care. Bye now. Uh, let's see. Next, we got Stephen Fiore after Steve. It's wide open. Number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Hi, Steve. Good morning. Good morning. I have two very nice, very large mulberry trees in my front yard. And one of them has been beat up a little bit by uh, carpenter beetles, I think is what we call them, before you got here. Um, I have somebody come out and look at them. They're fine. But I want to try to make them healthier. What can I do this time of year to feed them better? Well, the most important thing for right now is just water. You know, they need a good deep irrigation. Are they in grass or rock? What's around them, Steve? They're in, they're in grass, and if they get plenty of water, we water them once a, well, this time once every two weeks with a hose. But um, they, they look good. They're healthy. They're fine. Okay. It's just a bark on the one side of the tore up a little bit. Well, you know, up. and they'll, they'll grow back and heal from that over time. You know, when they get pruned sometimes back too far, they'll cook on the side, especially the south and west side, and they'll, the bark will cook, and so that will die back into the cambium layer in the wood. But, you know, I've seen mulberries completely come back and, and recover, you know, even from very severe damage like that. So as long as the canopy's out big enough to shade that portion of the bark now, uh, that's the most important thing. Wouldn't really fertilize them this time of year. They really don't need a lot of fertilizer. Next time to feed them would be in the middle of a monsoon if you really want them bigger. But if you don't want them a lot bigger, there's no reason you have to feed them. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Bye-bye. Charlie and Chandler. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. I have a question about watering an orange tree. Uh, Just a little history on it. It's it's about seven feet high, and uh, it wasn't in very good shape. I watered it, fertilized it last year, and we had one orange. So my daughter and I had a ceremony orange picking one day. <laughs> now I've got several oranges, and I'm wondering how often should I water it because I don't have a sprinkling system of any kind. Well, what's really important this time of year, Charlie, with the heats being consistent and probably adding more, if the tree is five or six years old, it's probably been you know five or six feet tall. It's probably been in the ground about the same amount of time as it is tall. And a deep irrigation weekly should be ideal. Once a week, all yeah, right. But really Very heavy. Good. So when you water it that once a week, you want the water to go down to a depth of about three feet and about three to four feet wide. Very good. Thank you. Thanks, Charlie. Bye-bye. Uh, Paul and Peoria is up next after Paul is wide open. The number to call six zero two two seven seven five eight two seven two seven seven. 277 ktar Hi, Paul. Good morning. Enjoy your show. I've got a question for you. I have two fruitless olive trees that are well-established. What is, how often do I have to need to water them? Well, you know, olives, Paul, with big established olives are really hardy. However, this is unusually dry weather, and especially in light of the forecast, you know, I, I would deep water them once every two weeks, and they'll be fine. Okay, great. Thank you. Thank you, Paul. Bye-bye.
You know, folks, it really is a little hotter, a little different right now. So things that we haven't watered, things we don't usually consider watering much, maybe a native Palo Verde or ironwood tree, or perhaps if you have, uh, you know, some some of the different mesquites and things, now is the time to irrigate those plants that we normally don't. You know, especially in light of the fact that we have our forecast this week, over 115 all week, um, it really makes a difference. Even things like barrel and saguaro cactus are really going to benefit from irrigation now. So while it might not be the time of year we want to be out in the garden as much, it's the time that our trees have to live through the heat. So that being said, a good deep irrigation is going to go a long ways. And even for native plants that are growing in our yards, and maybe it's a an area that we've not revegetated that came native, if you can put some uh, irrigation on those for this time of year, it's going to make a big difference to your plants. You know, there's a lot of insects and things that feed on weak plants. There's grubs, there's bores, and when a plant gets weak, it can't defend itself. I mean, the plant's natural natural defense mechanism is health, vigor, and drowning these insects and sap and things like that. So for all of our desert plants, for palm trees too, you know, even the Mexican fans and California fans, which don't really seem to ever require much water, perfect time of year to give them a good deep irrigation. And, um, you know, if you're going to use some water once a year, use it now. And uh, keep in mind, the more that we put on at one time, the deeper the water goes, the less the salts, the more quality water our plants can pick up. So Watering long and deep this time of year goes a long ways. Uh, frequencies not so critical in our native plants or even things like golden barrels. You know, three years ago when we had the terrible August, when we had weather very similar, we're going to have this week. A lot of golden barrels around the valley died. So even your cactus, you normally don't water. Now's the time to give them a little irrigation. We're going to take a short break while we're gone. We have wide open phones. And we have the lovely Shira back here on Phones and Music. She would love it if you'd give her a call. The number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. For the Woodfield Nursery Garden Show here every Sunday from 7 to 9 a.m. on 92.3 FM, KTAR. And I dream in the morning that she brings me water. And I dream in the evening. Just a poor man's daughter, a poor Evangeline, old Mexico. There's a great hot desert south of Mexicali, and if you don't have water, oh, you better not go. Tequila won't get you. That desert to Evangelina, old Mexico. Let's cook them all. And the fire I feel for the woman I love is driving me insane, knowing she's waiting. And I can't get there. God only knows that I rack my brain to try. Mexico. 
wanted to board her He said you don't need papers I'll let you go For I can tell that you love her By the look in your eyes now She's the rose of the best Old Mexico And the fire I feel for the woman I love You know, down in old Mexico, around Pinasco right now, you could be dreaming in the morning there, too, but it's going to be pretty hot today. <laughs> anyway, welcome back, folks. Uh, beautiful Sunday morning out there if you like the heat. You know, one thing about it, it's going to kill a lot of bad insects. You know, the, the bug population is going to go way down because they're going to dehydrate the little guys. But anyway, we have wide open phones. The number to call is 602-277-5827, 277-KTR. And it's going to be a warm weekend and a warm week. So, uh, you know, time to get out and maybe do a little protection. If you're going to try and keep the eggplants and peppers alive, you might want to uh, give them a little shade. Normally, we wouldn't recommend it, but a little shade cloth to the rest side of those for those plants that we tend to want to keep in the garden for a longer season would be well advised. And, uh, you know, a real good point around plants is a lot of things are going to look wilty in the afternoon. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they need water. You know, when we can really tell is if we go out there and, you know, six or seven o'clock in the morning, if our plants are wilty already, that's the time to really check the water and maybe add some more irrigation for the day. But really is a time that uh, we want to water things that we normally wouldn't. We want to water deeper. And, uh, you know, the olive trees and mesquites and palaverdes and ironwoods, eucalyptus trees are all good examples. They're trees that thrive. And, you know, we've had, they're in great shape. For the most part, most of our plants around the state, because of the weather we've had, you know, before July started, are in pretty good condition. So a good deep irrigation now. Now we're a couple weeks into the, the dry, hot season. Looks like we got at least a week left. Uh, it would go a long ways. And, you know, planting things right now, probably not this week, you know, even with the desert plants. But, you know, typically the summer is a good time. And if and if your yard's baking and hot and you want to cool your house down, you want to save some on your energy bills, you know, perhaps planting a, you know, a shade tree would be in order this time of year. Things like mesquites and ironwoods do very well planted now, Palo Verdes, and also a great time to plant palm trees. They really do thrive. They root out all summer long, and so you'll end up having a lot more growth and a far nicer-looking tree in the fall by planting these desert trees this time of year. Citrus as well. I mean, once it drops below 110, you know, this is the time of year we end up planting a lot of our citrus groves. Now, we're going to hold off this week. 117 is too hard on our crew, and it's too hard on the plants. But you know, as it does break a little bit, it's a good time to plant desert trees. And then there's the whole other spectrum, things that, you know, don't even think about them until fall. Peaches, apples, plums and pears, you know, rose bushes, all those aren't going to thrive. But, you know, a little plant like a Mexican bird of paradise or perhaps even a Hong Kong orchid, you know, they really do thrive and love the heat. And uh, they'll grow far faster this time of year than they will in the fall. Take our next caller, Sarah in Scottsdale. We do have a couple lines still available. Number to call 602-277-5827-277-KTAR. Good morning, Sarah. Hey, Brian, how are you today? Well, I'm in a great, you know, cool air-conditioned studio here looking over the mountains. I used to love to hike in, so it's pretty nice. 
And I'm standing outside deep watering all of my big trees to get ready for this <laughs> next week coming up. Well, that's what I did all yeah. night. Actually, my wife and I were out last night and this morning early watering things. Yeah. So quick question for you, Brian. I have two poinsettias that are still living, if you want to call it that, mm-hmm. from Christmas. I have them outside on a patio, under cover on the south side of the house. Any recommendations on how I keep them through the rest of the summer and bloom into next fall? Well, Sarah, have you transplanted them into larger containers? I haven't. Okay. That's that's what I would recommend, just get them into a larger container. Do you see any white flies around them at all? None at all. Fantastic. You know, it's it's amazing, but for a lot of the valley, our whitefly population seems to have gone away. And, uh, you know, historically here, you know, back in the 60s and 70s, in like the area where I grew up in Sunny Slope, there were a lot of poinsettia hedges growing out in people's yards. And the big mm-hmm. fear was only the freeze. You know, so they'll take the heat. Um, I wouldn't trans, you know, transplant them or move them into the sun right now, but transplanting no. to a larger container would be ideal. Now, if you keep them at home um, on the patio without modifying their light situation, they're going to bloom in January. Okay. But it's nice because then you can buy new fresh ones and have, you know, holiday blooms and then you can have January blooms. Sounds great. Thanks so much, Brian. Thanks, Sarah. Bye bye. Uh, Stephanie and Scottsdale, good morning. Good morning. Let me get you off speaker. Do you have any magical cure that I don't know about for these Palo, the, the Palo Verde beetles? Uh, don't plant Mexican Palo Verdes anymore. I mean, pretty much in the areas, <laughs> Stephanie, where they're, you know, concentrated, there's a lot of the beetles. You know, they were great sport, you know, as a youth chasing around with baseball bats in the summertime. You can drench them. Um, you can use a systemic like Intaminochloropid, and uh, you could probably mix that up with some Talstar. So you have a contact killer and a systemic, and you could drench around the trees. And, uh, you know, they're going to stay in the same trees, you know, especially around Palo Verdes, and they'll be there for years. Now, they're not 100% lethal to Palo Verdes, but if you want to eliminate them, you know, you do that with a drench. And uh, now would be a really good time because as soon as the monsoon comes out, it's going to be their blooming cycle where they're going to come out and, and basically procreate and come out of the ground. So if you would get them right now, it would be a good time. Yeah, I've already caught a couple of them. I can do well, not with a baseball bat, with a little sledgehammer. I'm out there <laughs> well, wishing them. A whack a beetle, huh? A whack a beetle. This I love my Palo Verde tree. It's giant. It's gorgeous. I have mm-hmm. it trimmed every year, and I'm out there deep watering it right now. So I will run down today and get some systemic and contact, and go ahead and put it around that tree where all those holes are, and. Put it down those holes in particular and then mm-hmm. give the tree lots of dr- water. And drench it in, and, and that'll work very well for you. Okay, thanks. Thanks, Stephanie. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sean and Gilbert, good morning, Sean. Hey, good morning. Hey, um, I, uh, I just bought a house, and I have, like, five queen palms. They're all different sizes from 5 foot to 25 foot. It doesn't make sense. How do I um, go about taking care of those? And they're, they're trying to get a little brown. Well, it's pretty hard on queen palms right now. You know, they're tropical and they come from Argentina. This is just a little hot for them. So what you want to do right now, number one is deep fertilize, at least one, I mean, deep water, at least once a week. It's a good time to fertilize them right now, too, and just a regular palm tree food or citrus food. And then you might pick up a magnesium spike. 
I mean, a manganese spike. I put a manganese spike or two in each one of the trees. And they're just ones that you put in the ground that they break down and slow release uh, manganese. And then what you really okay. want to watch for is make sure that the new growth coming out of the top in the head uh, doesn't get a fungus. Oftentimes after this heat, they will get a fungus yeah. that can go in there and kill the crown and kill the heart and the whole tree. So you could treat that with, wow. with two things, and I would probably do both if they were looking like they had an issue. One is copper sulfate, and the other one is Monterey disease control. So one's a bacteria that eats fungus, and the other one's just a poison, which is copper, that kills fungus. So, And you could use the two wow, together. Okay. So you want to be real proactive on them, especially with this kind of weather. And, uh, you know, that's how they, they've survived. A lot of queen palms three years ago died in the Gilbert area when we had the, you know, excessive heat. So they are going to be stressed with the heat. So you want to give them extra care. Okay. What's the watering cycle for those? Well, in Gilbert, you know, most of Gilbert, we have a pretty heavy clay soil. So weekly, but deep. You know, so you'd want to give each tree, especially the bigger trees, a couple hundred gallons of water once a week. Wow. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. Uh, Carlos and Tempe. Good morning, Carlos. Yeah, hi, Brian. Thank you for taking my call. Um, two things. Number one, um, I wish people would understand there's, during this, this heat that we're having, there are ways to conserve water, especially with the lawn. I've noticed that I turn my sprinklers on uh, roughly 9 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've noticed that even the next morning, there's still some, you know, it, the water's still there. So I've noticed great results, not only by doing that, but as you mentioned before, when I've called you a, a weekly, a monthly to six week feeding of, of fertilizer on the Bermuda, it, it just looks great, even with this heat. And I just wish people would understand you could use water a little bit more wisely, especially with Bermuda, and even save some on your water bill. Well, you know, um, in Bermuda, in Bermuda grass really does love and thrive the heat. You know, and, and the key yeah. with the water is, um, you know, it's good to water any time in the evening because we're not going to lose much evaporation. But right. it's also important that we get our irrigation down to about a foot depth and then let our lawns dry out. You know, and, and like a flood irrigated lawn around town, even though it's been 117, which is watered every two weeks, are very healthy. And most yeah. of those are going to get about three inches of water. But, you know, at home, you want to put that inch of water on at a time so that we get the water down deep. And so we're not yes. just watering daily and losing it to evaporation and wasting water. So good points, Carlos. Exactly. exactly. My, my other question to you is um, I've noticed a ton of dragonflies around. We have, mm-hmm. we have a pool, so we're out there all pretty much every day. Um, and very little to no bugs, no mosquitoes, no flies, no anything. Is there a way for people maybe who don't have a pool or a lot of water around to attract, um, dragonflies so that they can help? You know, well, the Carlos dragonflies are, you know, are, are wonderful, you know, and they, uh, fantastic on mosquitoes and all different kinds of things, but they're, they're great, you know, feeding on a lot of little bugs that are nuisances. But, um, you know, what, what attracts them most, you know, for our predators having a a readily available food source. So, (laughs) you know, if there's nothing for them to eat, you're not going to have many dragonflies. Oh, yeah. I haven't seen quite as many around lately, and I guess that's because we don't see many flies around. Well, but Carlos, you know, we had a lot bigger population because of the rains this spring. Right. You know, there was a lot more water. There were a lot more, you know, insects for the dragonflies to feed on. So their populations, you know, really kind of exploded, which is fantastic. The downside is now with this heat, they're going to run out of food and they're going to perish as well. 
Of course. All right. I appreciate you taking my call. Thank you so much. Thanks, Carlos. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Oh, it looks like, yes, there he is. Troy Barrett, the man with the heat. We'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. Uh, number to call, uh, sure, during the break, 602-277-5827. Those rose gardens, you know, they're going to have a little problem right now. It wouldn't be out of order to go ahead and shade your roses a little bit. Uh, they'll survive. You know, a lot of the leaves will burn. You know, here in Arizona, we grow the majority of the roses for the United States. Uh, farmers out in the fields and they're field grown and they're out facing reality too. But if you went and looked at the fields right now, you're going to see some burn on the foliage. They're not going to be as pretty and bright. The blooms will be all shot. But, you know, we know that monsoons will come then after monsoons fall and we'll be back into the valley rose season. But, you know, our plants like roses and especially roses can actually take a little extra water. And it really doesn't hurt roses to be wet on the wetter side compared to some plants. So let's get out and irrigate right now. We do have a couple lines still available. Number to call 602-277-5827. 77 KTAR. Bob and Tempe, good morning. Oh, hello. Hi, Bob. Uh, so, Troy, um, yeah, I've got a few questions for you here. Uh, so, basically, I've been growing uh, a lot of plants and trees in the valley for 27 years, and I just retired a little while ago. So, I was wondering if you could recommend uh, somewhere I could, uh, you know, submit work, you know, like a, as a little freelance writing. Mm-hmm. Do you have any suggestions? Um. Oh, so you want to do articles and write write for somebody? Exactly. Um, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how to get started. You know, I know a lot about gardening. I don't know a lot about writing articles. Well, you know, it's it's a lot of fun, Bob. Years ago, uh, I used to do one with the uh, Mesa Tribune, and I would do a weekly uh-huh. article for them. And uh, you okay. know, I think I think if you would check with with some of those other publications like that, you know, so much is transferred online right now, where you're doing YouTube yeah. videos and different things compared to just the regular writing. But you know, I, I would think that uh, you would find uh, they could be receptive. You could talk to the, the University of Arizona Cooperative Extension Service, you know, and they mm. would probably have some ideas on some places that you could work with. You could actually work it through their Master Gardeners program, and it's it's uh-huh. just a wonderful camaraderie of a lot of people who love plants. You know, and and the amount of knowledge that they have combined is is you know beyond compare. So I mean, that would be a real good place to start too. Yeah, I appreciate that. You know, I've been doing this quite a while. I've grown everything from just flowers to tropical fruit trees to vegetables, and you know, uh, just been doing it a while. And it's like something I really enjoy. And 
Uh, I think I can probably set a lot of people straight who are just starting out because they don't know anything about the pH of our soil or they don't know anything about gray water or rain harvesting or any of that, and I could help out with that. Well, there's a lot of fun things to do, and like I say, I, I'm not sure if the, the Tribune would take those anymore, even the Arizona Republic, but um, you know, the old print papers, it's kind of an older style, but it certainly uh, has a lot of viewership, and especially with their online capabilities now. And uh, between mm-hmm. that and the, the Arizona extension service those would be great places to start all right thank you for your advice i appreciate it thanks bob bye-bye uh deborah in the superstition foothills hello deborah oh hi good morning brian love your show i have uh about three questions i was just wondering do you have time absolutely deborah okay uh the first one is i have a plum bagel that i planted several years ago it never really thrived, and the leaves would turn brown once in a while. And uh, it has like a brown, not brown, white uh, powdery stuff. Not really powdery, because when I put my hand through it, it looks like spider web. And uh, what is it? Is it powdery mildew? Well, no, it wouldn't be mildew this time of year. It's 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 far too hot for powdery mildew to exist anymore. Oh. Uh, you could have some spider mates on there. You could have some different things. But what kind of exposure do you have the planet on? It's shady. Okay, because they really like some sun. And if you're having powdery mildew in the wintertime, I can understand that. So you could definitely, if it's in the shade, uh, have powdery mildew like in March and April. Uh, now it's oh. going to go away. I mean, this is so hot that powdery mildew won't exist. So it's probably not powdery mildew. No. It's just, well, it'll you, grow. Can, you can have spider mites too, and you can just take a white piece of paper and beat it against a white piece of paper. And if uh-huh. you see little tiny red specks moving around, that would be spider mites. But oh. uh, truthfully, plumbagos are going to do better if they get at least half a day sun. Oh, okay. It does get morning sun. Okay. Well, that, that, you know, that should suffice as long as it's you know, five or six hours a day direct sun. Oh, how do I treat the, spider the, mites? the white thing? Well, the spider I don't mites. Know. It's a white stuff. It's a white. Uh, I'll tell you like, what, take, take, a, take a picture of it and send it to the Whitfield Nursery website, and we'll take a look at it and see if we can help you with it. Okay. And the second question is, I bought a bougainvillea from your nursery last fall. It's beautiful, full of nice, beautiful blooms. We planted and it bloomed, keep blooming until this winter. All the leaves fell off. We thought they were dead. it's dead, but it came back. It leaves up again, but it never bloomed. What, what should I do? What have I done wrong? Uh, not necessarily anything. It might have been frostburnt this wintertime, you know, and that'll, oh. that'll knock the leaves off them. It should come back out. Uh, the, the one thing with bougainvillea is if it's over a year old, don't be too kind. You know, watering it once or twice a week is plenty. And uh, you can give it a light dose of fertilizer, but I wouldn't do it right now. You can wait and do that in August. And then don't prune it. As long as it's in the sun, it should come back and bloom. Oh, just wait. Yeah, just time. Okay. All right. And out here we have a lot of glitchy. Mm -hmm. So would it break through if I put a lot of gypsum on it? Well, they're not really that aggressively rooted to plant, so they'll they'll grow on top of the cleachy. In fact, you can see oh. them in 
very rocky areas around Squaw Peak and Sunny Slope and a lot of other places right. where it's a lot of cliffs. Yeah, we're off the mountain hill. Yeah, so yeah. and, that, and they'll, they'll they'll thrive there, you know. And if your soil, what you want to do, see how fast the water drains, okay? Because when you're on a hillside like that, sometimes it drains really quickly and sometimes it doesn't drain uh-huh. hardly at all. So if it's not uh-huh. draining, you want to let it get dry between waterings. If it's draining very quickly, you might want to water it two, three times a week. Right. But with gypsum, the caliche would Gypsum's not. Gypsum's not going to break down caliche. Uh, gypsum okay. will help with clay, you know, heavy clay soils. But with caliche, it's not going to make a difference. Uh, with with caliche, oh, okay. what you would use is more like, um, you know, acid. Oh. Like sulfuric acid, okay. you know, really break it. Because caliche is not going to be strong enough to break it down. Uh-huh. With, the, with the gypsum. Okay. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much. Thanks, Deborah. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye. Uh, Carol in Phoenix. Good morning, Carol. Hi. Thank you for accepting my call. My hubby and I have a four lantana on the side of our home that every summer, just at this time of year, they just bloom and bloom and bloom. And we are trying to figure out why, for some reason, we are, we've got no blooms on them. Well, it may be that they need a little more water this year, this year Carol, because of the uh-huh. heat. You uh-huh. Know, so we nor- fertilized them. We just fertilized them how, and everything. How, how, are you, how, are you, okay. how are you watering them, Carol? We're watering them in the morning. How often? Uh, every day right okay. now. They'll, okay. they'll, they'll do better. And it's if, on a drip line. If, they'll do better if they're watered probably once to twice a week. Where are you, where are you located? With cross streets? Uh, across streets, we are on Cape Creek and uh, Berend Drive, Cape Creek in the 101. Okay, so you're off the mountain there, so you you know should have yep. decent soil. So realistically, yep, you're probably keeping them way too wet and maybe not watering deep wet. enough. Yeah, so they should be watered. Really? With, how old are they, Carol? Oh, I'd say they're, well, they're eight years old. Okay, and so I would yeah. put somewhere between five to ten gallons of water on them one time a week. Five to ten gallons of water one time a week only. Okay. How, how long are you All running right. your drip systems for now? Uh, probably almost an hour. Okay. And the, what do you have, like a two-gallon emitter? Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I would space that watering out a lot further. Let them get a little drier. Space They'll probably bloom up. better. And then, you know, you only trim them after the bloom cycle. Okay. All righty. Yeah, that's what we do. We trim them in the fall. Yeah. Wow. Okay, well, we'll give that a try and see if it doesn't help. We're so disappointed because usually we just have a bed of all these beautiful lantana flowers. Well, and this year we have nothing. Yeah, but just just space the water out a little further, see if that doesn't help. And uh, Okay. You know, as hot as it is because you've been watering that way, you might just run twice a week for right now. But um, okay. I, I think that keeping them too wet is going to keep them more vegetative than they than otherwise. The, the, the leaves and foliage look like the shape and everything's okay. Yes, they look wonderful. Yep, no they color. look wonderful. There's just no blooms to them this year. Well, dry them out, stress them a little bit. Won't be very hard to dry them out with this weather and uh, see if they yeah, don't bloom for better sure. for you. Thank you, Carol. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you, Brian. Thank you very much. Bye-bye. Uh, Ray down in Florence. Hi, Ray. Hey, good morning, Brian. I have a follow-up question that you I talked to you about as far as coffee grounds mm-hmm. uh, to help the pH level. Do you have to... Put that into the soil or just lay it on top? You can lay it on top and it'll help. 
Oh, you know, or you can work it or, in a or you can work way, it right? in either way. It's, it's, yeah, because it has such a low pH, it's going to help reduce your pH. It, you know, none of these cures with pH last a long time because yeah. our water we're putting on is constantly, usually over eight. So we're always going to bring the. It's always going to come back up. But they're definitely helpful. And do you spread a lot around the plants, or you, just you, you really can't put too many on? Oh, okay. You know, I mean, you could put them an inch thick around your average shrub, and they would be just better than nothing. Oh, thank you very much Thanks for the help. Bye-bye. Bye now. Uh, we're going to take a short break. While we're gone, we do have two lines available. Number to call, 602-277-5827, 277-KTAR. Hit the road, Jack. Don't you come back no more, no more, no more, no more. Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more. What you say? Hit the road, Jack. And don't you come back no more, no more. Folks, beautiful Sunday morning if you like heat. <laughs> yes, it's easy. You know, we can save a lot in cooking right now. I don't know if you ever in the scouts. We used to build solar ovens, and I think they might be too efficient with this kind of weather. At any rate, um, we are going to be closed uh, today at the Whitfield Nurseries locations um, to uh, take a little time off with our families and, uh, you know, maybe take care of our own gardens at home. These people, they're watering still. But um, other than that, we're going to let our employees and family have a day off. We want to invite you out, though, to come out and see us at Whitfields. We do deliver plant and guarantee. If this heat's really getting you. We can put trees in, even this time of year, that can provide a lot of shade and cooling for you. Things like mesquites and ironwoods and olive trees uh, do really well. If you want to put that tropical jungle around your pool, palm trees do fantastic planted this time of year. We have to water them, but they really make a difference in the cooling and just the general feel. And it's also a good time for desert shrubs like, you know, things like creosotes, of course, and Mexican bird of paradise, but also the sages and yellow bells and those things too. Now, I wouldn't be really eager to get out and plant them this week when it's 117, but it's not going to stay that hot forever, and pretty soon we're going to have a monsoon going. Our original store at Whitfields is at 824 East Glendale. We're in the East Valley at Cooper, which is the same as Stapley and Guadalupe, or 26470 Southern, Southern Avenue, straight south of Sky Harbor Airport. If you have a commercial project, no job's too big. We have thousands of palm trees. We're Arizona's largest grower of commercial palm trees from Mexican fans, California fans, beautiful date palms, Sylvester's, and uh, a lot of other fun ones, too. Mule palms, Bismarckias, whatever your dream for that perfect uh, type of palm. We, we grow them right here in Arizona. At Woodfield Nursery, we've been doing all this for four generations right here in the Valley for Arizona's future. Come out and see us, but not today. And we'll be open uh, Monday through Saturday, 8 to 5.30, Sunday, 10 to 4, next week. Uh, let's see. Back to the phones. Uh, Tony in North Phoenix. Hi, Tony. Hey, good morning, Brian. Yes, sir. My my question is about figs today. Mm-hmm. We have lots of little bugs that like to be on our fig tree. And we're out there every morning picking off the ones that are coming off right before the birds get them. But there are lots of little bugs on them. Is there anything I can spray that won't? Well, 
you could spray spinach at it if you wanted to, but the problem is the, the bugs are there once they get a split on the end of the fig. And they get a split on the end of the fig, and especially bad this time of year, as the weather changes back and forth, um, you know, they start to fill out. And if they just get a little crack, the bugs are there, and they'll be there right away. So really the only true way to harvest them, and, and you know, the problem is you have to harvest them early before they split, uh, and they're not near as good, Tony. You know, so I, I don't right. have another... You know, there are little sacks you could put over them, like a little Ellie sack, which is just a little mesh bag that you could put over them if you wanted to take the time to put it over each individual fruit. And that Oh, would, there's hundreds of them. I know that would be a lot of work. So, <laughs> Yeah, well, we try to catch them just as they're starting to turn because we can eat them somewhat unripe. But, right. Uh, it's just, they're, they're all over that tree. I mean, well, just, and they're all over the valley. And the thing is, they don't really ripen like tomatoes do. I mean, the tomatoes, you can pick them pretty green. They'll ripen really well inside. Figs, you know, whatever point you pick them at, it's kind of where they stop. Right, right. Yeah, we've had a few of them that are quite unripe. So. Now, there's, uh, there's, one, there's one other uh, solution, Tony. <laughs> okay. Okay. So if you harvest them with the bugs and you cook them and you make jam... Then you just have a little extra protein. There you go. Yeah, we might not even notice them. Yeah. Not a little crunchy in there. You know, it's like grape nuts, kind of. <laughs> okay. All well, right. I always appreciate the advice, bud. Thanks. Like to you. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. Uh, Winnie in Phoenix. Hi, Winnie. Hi. Um, I have a question about, I have a beauty star, and it's, um, it's on the top growing well, but on the bottom, it's like getting brown spots. And yellowing, and when I touch the soil, the like half an inch is dry, but the rest is moist. Okay, and I'm not familiar with what plant we're talking about, Winnie. It's called a beauty star. Yeah, um, let me see. Or a geopertia. I'll tell you what. Winnie, I'm going to yeah. put you on hold, okay? And I'm going to go through the rest of the questions before we run out of the hour. But if you'll stay on over the break at the, at the hour, we'll go through and we'll find that out for you, okay? All right, thanks. So I'm going to put you back on hold. We'll be back with you in about five minutes. Uh, next up, we've got Todd and Gilbert. Hello, Todd. Hi, Todd. Um, okay, I'm going off of a tag that was in my yard. Uh, bought the house probably five years ago. White Texas ash. Okay. Awesome. Awesome tree. Only sheds once a year. Um, I kind of want it to grow up, not so much out. Um, is it not a fast-growing tree? I mean, it's growing, and I deep no, water a fan, it. No, a Fantex ash is probably what you have, and it is a fairly fast-growing tree. But it is more pendulous and more horizontal than vertical. Um, you know, okay. there are other varieties of ashes which are going to be a lot more vertical. Uh, but you can yeah. change some of that with pruning, but you wouldn't want to do any pruning on it this time of year. So next okay. year in, in the so, wintertime when it's dormant, you know, like in January, if you want to prune yeah. it and kind of shape it and kind of head it more upright, you can do that. But I wouldn't do any pruning on it now at all because it'll sunburn. Okay. So stick with what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah, keep it healthy, you know, keep it deep water this time of year. But if you want to start changing the form, you can make it more of an upright tree with pruning, but you want to do that while it's dormant in the wintertime. Okay. I appreciate it, Brian. Thank you, Todd. Have a nice weekend. Bye-bye. You too. Uh, let's see. Sri in Phoenix. Good morning. 
Good morning, Brian. Uh, thanks for taking my call. I have one question, actually. I have two hibiscus plants, one in the front yard, which is facing south. It gets full sunlight. And then the same thing with uh, one more in the backyard, northeast, and it gets full sunlight. Okay. So every summer I have this problem when it completely dries, okay, both of them. And then last year I had to get rid of one in the front yard. I've been watering like twice a day, and then the soil is moist. No matter what you do, that's the that's what actually I'm seeing every year. And I, I and I have another two hibiscus which are small. They're doing good on the front in the front yard. Well, you know what? Really so depends sure. on the variety. Not all the hibiscus are the same. You know, some varieties are much hardier than others. Probably the hardiest of all is one called lipstick, which has a big bright pink flower. You know, and that that's a really hardy one. There's just, the dark single reds tend to be very hardy as well. Um, and those are going to take the most heat. Are these facing like west on the wall where they're getting afternoon direct heat, reflected heat? Yep. They, they get a sunlight right from 5 a.m. Okay. Till water. Well, yeah, full sunlight. Well, the south side then. So the south side would get full sunlight all day. Mm-hmm. Yep. South side, south side's fine. That's a good place to grow hibiscus. Um, yeah. You're watering. I don't know why you're watering them so often. Okay, that sounds like okay. too much water to me. And sometimes hibiscus will die from fungus and root rot. So if the whole plant turns and dies real fast and you pull it out of the soil and the roots are soft and bushy, that means you have a soil fungus. And that's usually caused just like by getting athletes' feet from being too wet, having too much moisture there all the time. So on an established hibiscus this time of year, you'd be watering it twice or maybe three times a week at the most. Okay, and then a real established one, the one that was 10 years old, even with this heat, you know, probably wouldn't have to be watered more than once a week. Okay. So you you do want to let them get dry between waterings, but I think perhaps your problem is the varieties that you have, because all hibiscus are certainly not the same, and some are much hardier than others. Got it. Okay. Well, good luck, Sri. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Uh, what time are we out? Oh, let's see. Next up, we've got Chuck in Glendale. Hello, Chuck. Uh, good morning, Brian. Hey, I got a a couple of bushes I'm helping take care of, and I think they're uh, a yellow bell bush. Mm-hmm. And they're like eight, ten foot tall, and uh, they're just growing like crazy. Can we trim it now? Absolutely. Now you can prune them. You can prune yellow bells anytime. Tacoma stands, and um, uh-huh. you know I, it. Probably wouldn't be the most recommended this week just because it's, you know, I just heard that forecast of 117. And if that's true, then the wood even on a yellow bells could burn. So I would skip this week. But in a week or two, as soon as the humidity comes up and the temperature drops a little bit, you can go ahead and prune them back as far as you like. Oh, wow. So is it normal? Like in the last month or so, they've grown about a foot. Oh, yeah, that's that's very normal. You know, and especially okay. with the weather that we had in June, I mean, it was like the most wonderful June, um, you know, with temperatures down around 100 and it was, you know, the longest days of the year. So the longer the days, the more they can grow and 100 degrees is their real happy point. So, I mean, they're they're super happy with that kind of weather. This hot, you know, you could sunburn some wood on them or something. So I'd hold off the pruning just until we get a monsoon going. Okay. Now, how about uh, fertilizing those things? Do I, well, why I fertilize why, them why like would you feed them if they're growing too fast? Well, I'm just thinking long term. Yeah, they, <laughs> they they probably honestly don't need any. 
You know, the, oh wow, yeah, they, they're native to Baja California. Most of the varieties that we have here, and they just they just thrive in our desert climate. So they're they're really easy, and if they're growing fast enough, you don't need to feed them. You can always feed the desert plants with a balanced fertilizer, something like a twenty one seven fourteen lawn fertilizer. Even Miracle Grow work great, but um, there's really not a reason to unless you want them to grow faster. And it sounds like you're wanting to prune, so maybe a faster growing plant's not ideal. Chuck, we got no, we got a hard no. break, but thanks for the call. Have a nice weekend. Hey, thanks for the show, Brian. But we'll be right back after the news with the Whitfield Nursery Garden Show. In the meantime, you can give us a call at 602-277-5827. Call us here at 602-277-KTAR.